For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceases forever. That he should, and of course you have in parentheses there, talking about uh, it being the wealth ceases forever. And then he continues, let me read verse 7, uh, and then pick up verse 9. None of them can by any means redeem his brethren to give to God a ransom for him. Verse 9, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. And uh, then one other verse, uh, verse 17. I'll not read the entire chapter. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend after him. May we pray. Lord, I thank you for the privilege to preach again. I thank you for the word of God. And thank you, Lord, for the love of God's people. And uh, for this time to be here with, with the people of God, Lord, we thank you for saving us. Thank you for the privilege of knowing the greatest people on earth, the people of God. Help me, Lord, to be a blessing. Help me to have wisdom and understanding to rightly divide the word of truth. Bless our time together and meet the need of every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about insurance for the soul today. Uh, we, we heard the saying, uh, I'm insurance poor. <clears throat> Sometimes I feel like that. You know, we have car insurance, house insurance, hospital insurance, life insurance, disability insurance, and on and on it goes. Uh, I, was, I did some figuring as I was preparing this message, and uh, uh, my insurance runs over $7,200 a year. Uh, Insurance poor, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know we consider insurance an important part of this life, uh, and uh, certainly automobile insurance you're required to have that. I I had a little accident uh, uh, a few years ago, and and filed a claim, and then the insurance went up. And I told him, I said, why have the insurance? <laughs> if what, what about all these premiums I've been paying all this time? What are they used for? And, uh, but anyway, I said, uh, I might as well wait to have the accident then pay for it myself. They said, well, it's the law. <laughs> you have to have the insurance. Uh, but uh, uh, it's a hassle sometimes, I know, with the health insurance. It's a hassle trying to get things straight. But... Those things certainly necessary in today's cost, the uh, excessive cost of medical care, uh, it's, uh, it's there certainly to assist. I, I was talking to the hospital insurance, and, and uh, they said it's not meant to, to pay everything, it's just meant to help you. We're, we're just assisting you, and they seemingly always find ways to keep from paying for certain items. But all these are, we consider important. But what about insurance for the soul? That is far more important, uh, is insuring against eternity. Uh, let me uh, use this message and just discuss some things that typical insurance uh, would involve. First of all, there's the agent. You know, if you have insurance, you probably bought it from an insurance agent or representative. They, uh, and a part of the cost of your insurance goes to pay that individual that sold you the insurance. 
And usually when someone uh, tries to sell you a policy, they, they discuss the company. Uh, they say this company's been around for so many years, maybe a hundred years. They've been in business for a long time. And you can count on this insurance company to be around in the future. Well, uh, the agent for the insurance for the soul is Jesus Christ. And the agent is as old as the company. Company's been around forever. <laughs> I'll tell you, this is a reliable insurance uh, company. If you want to look at it in that way. Listen to what the Bible said in Psalm 90 verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thy art God. We have in view here the Creator. Uh, you know, when I, when I look at this earth and I see the creation of God, I marvel at a God such as we have. A God that could speak this earth into being. A God that could uh, throw the stars off the end of His fingers as is compared there in Psalm chapter 8. Uh, what a God that could do all these things wonderful things. And uh, uh, even from everlasting to everlasting, thy art God. He created it. He sustains it. Uh, he is eternal. And certainly, uh, he's able to meet every other need that we may have. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 1, please. Revelation uh, chapter number 1 and uh, verse... Uh, Verse 5, Revelation 1, verse 5, page 1331. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds and Every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him, even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Here we have Alpha and Omega. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter of the Greek alphabet, as we'd say A to Z. He said, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. And then he said, uh, He is the Almighty. So certainly we can have absolute confidence in this God that we have our faith in. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the eternal God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Bible said. So the agent is Jesus Christ. The address is heaven. Uh, you know, heaven is a real place. I like the scripture in John 14 uh, where he says, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. After my mother passed away, I began to search the scriptures more diligently to learn about heaven, to learn about life after death. And I was encouraged uh, to learn that life goes on. It is a, a better life. But it is a real life, and heaven is a real place. Just as real as this place. It is very real. 
And, and I was encouraged by that. And I want to say to you that heaven is real. Job 22, 12 said, It's not God in the height of heaven. Jeremiah 23, 24, Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord. Psalm 73, 25, Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. Psalm 89, 6, For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? Here we have these verses described in heaven. Their heaven, of course, where the Lord is, is in the third heaven. You have the first heaven, which is the atmospheric heavens, where, the, where we breathe the air, the firmament, God calls it in Genesis, where the birds fly, and, and that first heaven. The second heaven is the planetary heaven, the starry heavens. And then the third heaven is beyond that, and that's where God is. How far is heaven? It's a long ways. You can never get there by a rocket ship. They say that their stars so far away that they measure it in light years. Light travels 186,000 miles a second. You multiply that times 60, you'll find how far it would, how many miles it would travel in a minute. Keep multiplying that, you get a year's worth of miles. And the light, from that star, that's how far it took, how far that, light, that star is away. And the numbers are unreal, they're unbelievable, by that, that the vastness of God's universe staggers the imagination. And yet beyond that is where God is. Heaven is in the direction of the north. And there is where God lives. Heaven is a very real place. The Bible indicates heaven is round. Talks about the circle of heaven and, and indicating that heaven is no doubt a planet or, or has that in mind there. But heaven is very real. Jesus said he came down from heaven in John chapter number 6. So the address is heaven. Then I'd like to talk to you about the assets. <laughs> you know, when you talk to an insurance man, they'll tell you how much the company is worth. Someone said the, 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 the biggest buildings, the most expensive buildings in town are insurance buildings and bank buildings. So they're, they're making a lot of money, aren't they? To build all these buildings. Well, I'm going to tell you, the assets that the Lord has uh, exceed anything that man can imagine. In Psalm 50, just across the page from our text there in verse number 10 through 12, he said, For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Think of that. God said, I own it all. You know, he told Abraham there in Genesis. He said, I want you to look to the north and look to the south and look to the east and the west as far as your eye can see. I'm going to give you this land. Now, for God to be able to give it to Abraham, who owns it? You know, there's a lot of discussion about who owns the land of Palestine. Well, the Lord said, the land is mine. You know, that piece of property that your house sits on, he owns it also. He owns the house that's sitting on the property. He owns the furniture in the house. 
He owns the vehicle you drove to church in. He owns the clothes on your back. He owns you. He owns me. We're all dependent on God, aren't we? The Bible says in Him we live and move and have our being. He gives to all life, breath, and all things. It all belongs to God. I'm just a renter. I'm just a tenant on God's earth. And I live every day, I live every moment of every day at God's permission. I have no promise of tomorrow. I have no guarantee I'll be alive tomorrow, but God let me live today for a purpose. Well, the Lord owns it all, and we need to recognize His ownership. The Bible said in Deuteronomy 10, 14, Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's, thy God. The earth also with all that therein is. He said it all belongs to him. Evangelist Tom Williams uh, went to the bank years ago to borrow some money. And they gave him an application to fill out. And he put down, I had a question, their employer. He put down God. Address heaven. And, and the banker examined his application and said, said uh, what is this? said, what church do you pastor? He said, I don't pastor a church. He said, I'm an evangelist. What, uh, what denomination, what religion, or what, who is sponsoring you? He said, nobody. <laughs> he said, God. He said, I work for God. Address heaven. He said, the banker went back, I guess disgusted it with, uh, uh, you know, the uh, uh, manager or whatever, and came back and says, this is strange indeed. <laughs> But we've agreed to let you have the money. He says, we figure God will be in business as long as anybody. <laughs> and uh, so we're just going to go ahead and let you have the loan. A kind of a strange experience to say the least. Well, I want to tell you that God does own it all, doesn't he? And it all belongs to him. And I, I love that song uh, that uh, Sandy sung for us uh, when she was here recently. Talks about I'm a child of the king. And let me read some of it. My father is rich in houses and lands. He holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands. Of rubies and diamonds. Of silver and gold. His coffers are full. He has riches untold. Then the last verse says, A tent or a hut? Why should I care? They're building a palace. For me over there, though exiled from home, yet still I may sing, all glory to God, I'm a child of the King. Well, that third verse, shouldn't leave that out. I once was an, you know, the third verse, a lot of time in the songs, the one that don't get sung, but this is probably the one of the best. It says, I once was an outcast, stranger on earth, a sinner by choice, and an alien by birth. But I've been adopted, my name's written down, and I are to imagine a robe and a crown. I'm a child of the king, it says. Thank God I'm a child of the king. He owns it all, folks. Uh, it all belongs to him. <laughs> and uh, the assets of this great company of God, this great insurance company for the soul, then, uh, fourthly, there has to be the acceptance of it, though. You know, insurance isn't worth a dime unless you've got it. 
If you don't have, you know, you can't wait till you go to the hospital and then go take out insurance. You have to have it before you go. And so it is when death arrives. You can't wait till you're dead and then make, make preparation for eternity. You have to make preparation before you die while you're alive. I cannot find in the pages of the Word of God that there is one hope after death. As a tree falls, so shall it lie. So the way we die is the way we stay forever. You know, it was awful hot yesterday. We, of course, didn't work till about noon yesterday. But, uh, you know, I was thinking yesterday as we were working and these fellows sweating and out there in the hot sun, how awful hell must be. Can you imagine a place of eternal fire, a place where you can never, uh, you can never get any relief? A place where you can never get a drop of water. I know Brother Hickok's uh, sweating yesterday and, and working there and drinking water. And he said, I just can't, can't get enough water in me. I just thirst and drink and drink and drink. Can you imagine being in a place where you could not get a drop? How does one comprehend the awfulness of dying without Christ? Spend eternity in a fire where the worm doth not and the fire is not quenched. Why do we have insurance? Why do you have house insurance? Fire insurance. Because you say there's a possibility that fire could destroy my home. And if it does, I'll have funds that I can rebuild the home. Well, I'll tell you, we need, we need a different kind of fire insurance, don't we? And I'm glad, thank God, I made preparation for eternity. There has to be the acceptance. In John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a wonderful God we have this morning. I preached a couple of Sundays on the grace of God. The only possible hope that we have of, of, of a better eternity is the grace of God. None of us are, are good enough to go. None of us are worthy to go. If we got what we deserve, we'd all die lost. But a gracious, wonderful Lord died on the cross, took our sin, and says you can have it for free. It can be yours, everlasting life. And you know, as age begins to creep up on us and the diseases come and the afflictions come and the, the, the important parts of the body begin to break down, uh, where it be a heart, where it be a lung, where it be a kidney or whatever it may be, it begins to fall apart, and these old bodies begin to deteriorate. And we know we're reminded of the fact that we're not here to stay. But I'm so glad, thank God, that I've made preparation for eternity. That, that uh, there's, a better, there's a better life awaits me because of Calvary, because of Jesus. In Romans 10, 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. You know, for an insurance policy to be enforced, you have to sign the agreement, and the company has to agree. There has to be agreement on both parties, and the Lord is saying, you must accept it, and then if you'll accept it, I'll accept it. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse 11, He came into His own, His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which are born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. 
You have to receive it, folks. You know, I, I've told you before, years ago, when I was pastor in Catawba County, I was on the radio station on Saturday morning, and I did the program live. I went to the station and did the program and preached the message, the 30-minute program. And, and I became friends with the announcers there. And one fellow, he, we were talking before the program one Saturday. And, and uh, he, said, uh, he said, did not Jesus die for the sins of the world? I said, yes, he did. Did not he die for everybody? I said, yes. He said, then everybody's saved. If Christ paid for everybody's sins, then everybody's saved. I said, no, no, that's not right. I said, you have to accept it. You have to receive it. You have to accept the payment. Just like Carolyn. We took her to the doctor. And the doctors had a hard time finding what was wrong. But finally, when they diagnosed the problem, they gave her some medicine. And she's been taking those big old antibiotic pills, big old things. And, and uh but you know, what if she'd have brought those pills home and set them on, on the, uh, the uh, table there and said, I, I, I know what's wrong. I've got the pills, and I, I'm going to get better, but I'm going to make sure those, nobody opens those pills. We're going to leave that, those cap on good and tight. I'm not going to take any of them. You think they'd do any good in the bottle? You've got to take the pill. You've got to, you got to take the medicine. And likewise in, in salvation, yes, it's there for everybody, whosoever will. But you have to take it. You have to accept it. And the masses of the world are still without this important uh, insurance for the soul. There has to be the acceptance. Then finally there, there's the assurance. In Isaiah thirty-two seventeen, the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Brother Woodbury used that when he was here. The work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. I was saved when I was a youngster. I was 10 years old. And uh, I don't remember all the details about it. I remember who was preaching. I remember going up. I remember God dealing with my heart. And I remember Mac Hodge preaching. And uh, he was a hellfire and brimstone preacher. And, and I, he scared me. And I'd, I'd go home at night. I can remember this. I'd go home at night in that revival meeting. And I was afraid to go to sleep. And I can remember if I didn't sleep, I thought in my mind, well, if I'm awake and I feel like I'm going to die... And then I can get saved. Of course, I, I don't know what, die, I hadn't died, so I'm not sure what that's like, but I, that was the way I thought as a youngster. Well, if I think I'm going to die, then I, but if I'm asleep, I may die, and I'd be dead before I realized it. And I remember the night that I went up and received the Lord as my Savior. As I said, I don't remember all the details about it. There's one thing that I'll never forget. I went home that night and all the fear was gone. It didn't make any difference if I lived or died. I was saved. <laughs> Thank God for that peace. 
that wonderful, wonderful peace that God put in my heart. He said, the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. First Thessalonians 1, 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. John 10 says, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. 2 Timothy 1, 12, Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And 1 Peter 1, 5 says, We're kept by the power of God. Oh, if it was left up to me, I'd be lost before the day was over. But it's not in my hands, it's in his. It's in the hands of a great, all-powerful God. And he gives us wonderful peace and wonderful assurance forever. Do you have this insurance today for the soul? Have you trusted the Lord as your Savior? Psalm 49, 15, But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. And I'm glad the, the grave has no power on the child of God. One day the Lord's going to get those saints of God up, and we'll go home to be with the Lord. Let's bow our heads, please.